Section 8 of the San Francisco Earthquake and Fire, as reported in the newspapers of that city. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Items from the San Francisco Call, Sunday, April 22, 1906. Business firms prepare to adorn the city with stately buildings. Structures planned for Market Street. Nearly all the banks to erect homes for themselves. Have comfortable balances in the East and Europe. Many of the most substantial businessmen and property owners of San Francisco spent yesterday in consultation with architects. While the work of clearing away the debris goes forward, a corps of draftsmen will be busily occupied preparing plans for the new buildings to adorn the city. It is understood that James D. Phelan will be one of the first to rebuild on Market Street. His plans are not complete, but call in general for a fine structure at Market and O'Farrell Streets. Mr. Phelan recently purchased from the Ede Company the property adjoining and reaching to Stockton Street. His intention is to cover the entire frontage with buildings as soon as it can be done. Practically every bank in San Francisco will rebuild. All of these institutions have eastern connections, and many of them are affiliated with foreign banks. Owing to the great prosperity of San Francisco, the local institutions, almost without exception, have large deposits to their credit in New York and European capitals. This money will be available at once, and after the strain of the moment has been relieved, building preparations will be begun. F. W. Lilienthal, president of the Anglo-Californian Bank, said yesterday, now is the time for every man to put his shoulder to the wheel to build up the new city. There is going to be a new city, and I am going to do all I can to make it the greatest in the world. It will mean work, and lots of it. But the people of San Francisco are equal to the task. Several large business firms have sent messages to their customers throughout the state that they will open for business in San Francisco as soon as the authorities permit. The commission houses will be among the first to act, recognizing the necessity of bringing goods into San Francisco. Hills Brothers, Wholesale Grocers and Commission, have already resumed operations in Oakland, and will move to San Francisco as soon as possible. Monotti, Larimer and Company, Nye and Nissen, and other commission firms have sent agents throughout the state to have food products dispatched with all haste to San Francisco from the country districts. Quantities arrived yesterday. The large wholesale grocery firms will resume business in San Francisco as soon as permission to do so is granted. Haas Brothers and J. A. Folger and Company are having plans prepared for structures. Wholesale clothing firms have wired to the east to make full shipments. Hoffman Rothschild will rebuild on Battery and Market. Greenbaum, Well, and Michaels will have a structure erected on Sansom Street. A full list of all the firms who will rebuild in the wholesale district would read like a business directory. Will build smelter. Guggenheim's to spend five million in constructing plant. New York, April 21st. It was announced at the office of M. Guggenheim Sons yesterday that orders have been issued by that firm to proceed as soon as possible with the construction of a five-million-dollar smelting plant in San Francisco. Confidence in City 
New Jersey firm to rebuild warehouses at once. Trenton, New Jersey, April 21st. John A. Roebling Sons Company of this city, whose warehouses were destroyed in San Francisco, has decided to rebuild at once. Extends a message of cheer. San Francisco will rise again to its ranks at the front. Cheering words of hope come from Los Angeles in the following editorial published in the Times. Over the wreck and ruin of this unparalleled calamity which has befallen the capital city of the North shines the star of hope, brightly, serenely, inextinguishably. The sympathy of Los Angeles for the prostrate city is deeper than words can express. All that lies within our power to do in this supreme crisis we shall do to help our brothers and our sisters who have been stricken so grievously. Our sympathy will not be wholly of a sentimental character. We shall give it a practical turn, and so far as possible aid in this inadequate way to mitigate the loss and horror of the great disaster. To our brothers of the afflicted city by the Golden Gate we send this message. Be of good cheer, whatever may be tied. All is not lost while hope and courage remain. It is a time for strength, not for weakness, for hope, not for despair. As becomes true men, be strong to meet the blows of fate and fortune, however swift or terrible. The misfortune of San Francisco is the misfortune of Los Angeles, the misfortune of the whole Pacific coast. Appalling and heartbreaking as is this calamity, we shall recover from it, and we shall still go forward, hand in hand and heart to heart, developing this magnificent empire of the West, the grandest land beneath the shining sun. San Francisco will rise from its ruins and its ashes grander, more beautiful, more influential than before. The resources which she has to draw upon are undiminished. Her sight upon the coast of the world-beating ocean is unexcelled for commanding the world's commerce. The disaster of the present may not be repeated in a thousand years, may never be repeated in point of fact, although no portion of the world's surface is exempt from earthquake visitations. The full extent of this dire calamity is not yet known, and it may be thought by some pessimistic persons that the present is not a fitting time to talk of hope and to indulge in optimism. On the contrary, there could be no more fitting time than this to invoke the star of hope. It is a time to try men's souls, and the supreme test which it imposes will serve to distinguish between the weak and the strong, to develop the highest qualities of the human heart and the dauntless courage of the human soul. Other peoples have suffered great calamities and have risen above them with renewed strength and resolution. Out of the ashes of the great Chicago fire rose a new and greater Chicago, which stands today a splendid monument to the determination and the unconquerable will of its builders. The new Charleston and the new Galveston are better than the old. And so, please God, it shall be with the new San Francisco, after the wrath of the elements shall have subsided, and the new builders shall have had time to complete their work. The men who have made the Pacific coast what it is are not the men to be disheartened by this disaster, dreadful as it is. They will continue to go forward in the magnificent work to which they have set their hands, the upbuilding of a great and populous empire in a land more favored than any land on earth. So let us stand together in the great work of rescue and resuscitation, 
Let us stand firm, stand fast, stand sure, stand true. Nearly all losses to be paid. Big insurance companies stand ready to meet their obligations. Underwriters hold meeting in Oakland and discuss the situation. Commissioner Wolf states that policies represent quarter of a billion. We will pay was the announcement of the big insurance companies when it was known that the city of San Francisco would be swept to the ground by the disastrous fire that followed the earthquake of Wednesday morning and not one of the companies has receded from the position taken. The companies stand firm in their confidence in San Francisco and the surrounding country, despite the fact that E. Myron Wolf, insurance commissioner, estimates that the losses on the faces of policies covering the burned district will amount to $250 million. These figures are arrived at on the basis of the amount of premiums paid and on figuring on the rate of insurance charged. Speaking of the situation from the insurer's standpoint, Commissioner Wolf said, While it is too early to speak authoritatively or definitely, all indications are that the insurance companies will settle all losses promptly and fully. A few of the companies may not be able to weather the storm, but nearly every company with authority to transact business in California has sufficient assets with which to meet every emergency. The California insurance companies afford full protection, for the reason that the California law as to the liability of stockholders applies to all stockholders. The stockholders in these companies are men of large fortunes, and if the resources of any company are exhausted, the individual holders of the stock are financially able to respond to their obligations. More than 150 insurance men of San Francisco met in Reed Hall, Oakland, yesterday morning, to discuss the situation. George W. Spencer, chairman of the Fire Underwriters Adjusting Bureau, presided. Regarding the opening of safes in San Francisco, L.T.C. Coogan reported that he had held a conference with Governor Pardee, and that the chief executive said he did not desire to interfere with General Funston's reign in the city across the bay. He said, however, that the governor assured him that he would do all in his power to assist in the readjustment. It was decided by the insurance men to order 100,000 blank proofs of losses for immediate use of the policyholders, and to urge that the losses be appraised as soon as possible. Meetings of the underwriters will be held daily at Reed Hall. Soldier Runs Amok a drunken soldier was discharging his revolver in Golden Gate Park about eight o'clock last night, terrifying people. Word was sent to the Park Police Station, and Lieutenant of Police Kelly sent two policemen to the scene with orders to take his weapons from him and turn them over to the military officers in charge, which was done. We'll begin repair work tomorrow. Board of Public Works is to commence on the sewers. Corps of Inspectors and Engineers in the employ of the city. Other departments of municipality plan for relief of stricken San Francisco. Headquarters for the Board of Public Works are established at 1765 Ellis Street. The Engineers Department is arranging a system of sewer inspection, and yesterday a corps of men were sent out to examine the main sewers and remove congestions. 
the carpenter's department has in hand the work of excavating cesspools in the public squares and at all other places where the homeless are congregated a system of chimney inspection and repair will be inaugurated to-morrow morning commencing with the bakeries and hospitals all the street sprinkling wagons were put to work as distributors of water to the refugees who are remote from regular supply points by seizing all kinds of tools that are serviceable the board hopes to have an army of men equipped and at work to-morrow morning on the streets the board of health has headquarters at laguna and grove streets permits are being given to bury the dead in all cemeteries of the city eight permits were issued this morning a register has been opened wherein will be given the addresses of all the surgeons of the city who report to the health department arrangements have been made to remove the carcasses of animals that are strewn about the city and the health officers expect to have the burned part of the city clear of these by to-morrow the insanity commissioners have established headquarters at the united states general hospital presidio where judge graham will hold court every morning at eleven o'clock only two dangerously insane people have thus far been reported to the commission the treasurer and the auditor have opened permanent headquarters at twenty five eleven sacramento street the election commission has located to eighteen fifteen broadway preparations will there be made for the holding of the fall election employees of the department are requested to report at the address named for duty olympic club to rebuild william greer harrison optimistic as of yore in spite of the desolate scene he was looking down upon yesterday afternoon from a high eminence of the city declared that the olympic club will be rebuilt injured nurse may recover miss louise underwood the waldeck sanitarium nurse who was injured by falling plaster after the earthquake shock was removed to the home of friends in oakland yesterday it is thought that she will live although she will probably lose the use of her lower limbs the first and third battalions of the twentieth infantry and four troops of the fourteenth cavalry all from monterey landed at fort mason yesterday offers shelter to women sacramento april twenty first the sacramento general relief committee this afternoon issued the following to the press of the state the sacramento relief committee desires to counteract the impression that sacramento is now prepared to receive refugees to the number of ten thousand sacramento while not inviting refugees by thousands will receive and shelter all the homeless women children and disabled men who come here los angeles april twenty first the entire seventh regiment national guard of california comprising nine companies six hundred and fifty men has been ordered to hold itself in readiness to proceed to san francisco for guard duty general wankowski commanding the first brigade is assembling a special train to convey the troops dr a w scott former principal of the high school of alameda but who accepted the principalship of the girls high school san francisco is one of the refugees the high school building is beyond the fire limits and so escaped the holocaust but it was shaken down by the earthquake list of refugees and addresses 
From temporary homes people ask the call to locate friends. Day by day the list of those who escaped death in the great disaster which overtook San Francisco Wednesday morning is growing. In the excitement many families and friends were separated. Through the columns of the call the survivors send word to their friends and relatives that they are safe. Following is a list of those who have secured temporary homes and those of whom information is sought. Note. Here follows a list of about two hundred names and addresses of those who are seeking people, as well as the names of people being sought and where they were last seen. This list fills two columns on this page and is continued on another page for another column and a half. End note. Cars begin to run on the streets. Traffic resumed in various sections of city on fourth day of the disaster. The United Railroads began running cars on Fillmore Street for eight blocks last night. This thoroughfare is the new Market Street at present. The Kentucky and San Mateo cars are also running. The sight of the new cars in operation put new heart into the people. It was greeted with cheers. The directors of the United Railroads held a meeting yesterday afternoon in a vacant house opposite the car barns at the corner of Fillmore and Turk Streets for the purpose of discussing measures for the resumption of traffic. The unanimous opinion favored the employment of as large a force of men as it might be possible to collect to repair the roadway. No effort will be spared to resume traffic on all lines. A great deal of difficulty will be experienced in clearing the cable lines, but on the streets where trolleys have been strung, cars will certainly be running within days. The headquarters of the streetcar companies will be located for the present at Turk and Fillmore Streets. Mechanics of all kinds are requested to remain in the city by General Superintendent Chapman, as the United Railroads will have plenty of work for them. The company determined to show the world that it could operate its cars on the fourth day after so great a catastrophe. C. E. Loss Company, builders of the Ocean Shore Railroad, marched 2,000 men into San Francisco yesterday from the San Mateo construction camps to clear Market Street of debris. Tracks will be laid at once so that a quick means of access to the ferry may be secured. Oakland, April 21st. John C. Lynch, collector of internal revenue of this district, gave notification today that his office would be opened for regular business Monday morning in the appraiser's building. It is probable a stamp department will be established either Monday forenoon or afternoon in Oakland. Paintings at Hopkins are saved. Professor O'Neill of the University of California cuts the pictures from their frames. The artist folk of San Francisco, and in fact the artists of the entire world, will be pleased to learn that almost all of the paintings at the Hopkins Art Institute have been saved. They were cut from their canvases by Professor Edmund O'Neill of the University of California, and are now safely stored in one of the buildings on the campus at Berkeley. The value of the collection cannot be estimated with exactness, but an artist seen yesterday stated that the pictures saved were worth more than $200,000. Professor O'Neill risked his life in securing the pictures. He had watched the fire creep up the hill toward the Institute, but entertained the hope, up to the very last, that it would not reach the famous gallery. When Mr. O'Neill finally saw that the Institute was doomed, 
he took a squad of volunteers into the building, and removed a number of the pictures to the lawn of the flood mansion opposite. It soon became apparent that the fire was ascending the hill at too rapid a pace to admit of the careful removal of the paintings. O'Neill then ordered his corps of workers to cut the pictures from the frames. While the flames were licking at the doors of the gallery, Mr. O'Neill and his assistants stripped the priceless canvases from the walls and rolled them in bundles. Into the remotest sections of the great gallery he penetrated, while plaster and bric-a-brac reigned about him. He refused to leave the building when urged by his friends, continuing his work until the structure itself was in flames. By that time Mr. O'Neill had removed about every painting of great value. He had them done into bundles and taken to Berkeley, where they are now secure. Among the valuable paintings saved are the magnificent Egyptian study by Jean-Benjamin Constant, the French master, the doves by Jerome, the snow of the Sierras by Keith, one of the greatest pieces of landscape work done by an American painter, and by many considered Keith's masterpiece, Constance de Beverley, in the studio by Jules Pages, which won the gold medal at a Paris salon, and others of great value by European and American masters. The Institute was the greatest art centre west of Chicago. The fact that these paintings have been saved at once gives San Francisco artistic ascendancy. Aid comes from far and near. Cars and ships loaded with provisions on the way to San Francisco. Citizens of United States contribute liberally to fund the sufferers. Canada votes a hundred thousand dollars, and five hundred Americans in London raise twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Portland, April twenty first. Almost every town in the Northwest is giving liberally toward the relief of San Francisco. Portland has a hundred and thirty thousand dollars on hand. Another trainload of supplies started last night. The railroads are refusing to touch commercial business. The Hospital Corps of the Ontario National Guard is on the way to San Francisco. Spokane, Washington, has raised $20,000 and sent four cars of provisions, which will be followed by 25 cars of flour tomorrow. H. H. Rogers of the Amalgamated Company has wired to Butte, ordering $10,000 worth of provisions. Tacoma, April 21st. Tacoma today shipped $25,000 worth of supplies to San Francisco, on order of the Governor of Massachusetts and the Mayor of Boston. Eureka, April 21st. Eureka, with a population of 1,200, has contributed $3,600 to the relief fund for the benefit of earthquake sufferers. The Bank of Siskiyou has given $500, 14 lodges, $100 each, and more is coming in. Denver, April 21st. A train of 17 cars loaded with supplies for the people of San Francisco was dispatched from this city last night, and another will be sent tonight. Salt Lake City, April 21st. Salt Lake yesterday added about $30,000 in money and six carloads of cooked provisions to the contributions for San Francisco. Philadelphia, April 21st. Citizens of Philadelphia have already contributed more than $100,000 to the fund being raised in this city for the California sufferers. Victoria, British Columbia, April 21st. 
The steamship Tellus sailed at midnight carrying provisions valued at $10,000 collected by Victorians. Last night Premier McBride telegraphed a donation of $10,000 to Governor Pardee on behalf of the people of British Columbia. Seattle, April 21st. Seattle sent its first shipment to San Francisco yesterday in a special train of 50 tons of provisions. The subscription is nearing $100,000. The Pacific Coast Lumbermen's Association will meet tomorrow and give $50,000 to the fund. The lodges of that state gave several thousand dollars. Kansas City, April 21st. $25,000 was subscribed here yesterday for the San Francisco sufferers, and plans made to send west by fast freight a trainload, sixteen cars, of provisions, bottled water, and bedclothing. Boston, Massachusetts, April 21st. Replying to Governor Wilde's appeal, representative citizens of Boston and Massachusetts have pledged half a million to the sufferers of the California earthquake and conflagration. Lincoln, Nebraska, April 21st. A. R. Talbot of this city, head consul of the modern woodmen of America, announced yesterday that he would make a check for $100,000 for the San Francisco sufferers from the modern woodmen camps of the country. Jeffersonville, Indiana, April 21st. The Jeffersonville Army Supply Depot today sent 35 carloads of supplies to San Francisco. Los Angeles, April 21st. Carrying four carloads of provisions for the earthquake victims, the United States cruiser Boston departed from San Pedro Harbor last night, and this afternoon the Princeton, similarly loaded, left the harbor on its way north. Helena, April 21st. The Relief Committee today purchased 150,000 pounds of Montana flour and will forward it to San Francisco at once. $2,000 more was raised here today. London, April 21st. At a meeting of 500 Americans at the Hotel Cecil last evening, presided over by Ambassador Reed, $12,500 was subscribed for the relief of the earthquake sufferers. This will be greatly increased. Prominent British subjects will meet tomorrow and start a similar fund. Ottawa, Ontario, April 21st. The Dominion government has voted $100,000 for the earthquake and fire sufferers in San Francisco. Chicago, April 21st. The governors of Illinois, Ohio, and Minnesota have called upon the citizens of their respective states for prompt aid for California. Want Conveyances for Sick the Associated Charities and the Red Cross have great and urgent need of automobiles and conveyances for the sick and injured. All Red Cross nurses who have not yet reported for service will do so at once at the headquarters of the Associated Charities in Franklin Hall on Fillmore Street near Bush. Organization of the General Relief Work in charge of the Reverend Ernest E. Baker has been thoroughly perfected so that many thousands of refugees who have landed in Oakland are being carefully provided for. Alameda, April 21st. The influx of refugees from San Francisco was greater today than yesterday, but the relief committee here has the situation well in hand. Clergymen to address the people. Hold meeting and arrange for services at various places in city. 
Bishop Nichols' residence will be permanent headquarters of Episcopal Church. Devotions to be held at St. Mary's Cathedral if structure is safe. At a meeting of the Episcopal clergymen, held at the residence of Bishop Nichols, 2515 Webster Street, at 10 o'clock yesterday morning, it was decided to hold religious services at the different camps of the homeless throughout the city today. Bishop Nichols will conduct services at the Presidio, and will be assisted by the Rev. S. J. Lee. Rev. Franklin Stone will officiate during the morning services at Fort Mason. Rev. B. M. Whedon will conduct the services at Lafayette Square. Rev. W. M. Boers and H. A. Collison will hold a union service at Golden Gate Park. Rev. W. M. Riley will preach at Alta Plaza. The services at Alamo Square will be conducted by the Rev. C. M. Merrick. W. M. Hayes will preach at the Park Panhandle, and there will be a general service at Jefferson Square to be conducted by some member of the Episcopal clergy. All of these services will be held at eleven o'clock. Bishop Nichols announces that his residence will be the permanent headquarters of the Episcopal Church, and all relief work of the clergy will be handled from there. The following churches have opened rooms for the sick and homeless, St. Stephen's, Fulton Street, near Fillmore, St. James, 6th Avenue, Richmond District, Trinity Church, Bush and Gough Streets, All Saints, Waller Street, near Masonic Avenue. The bishop's residence will be used for a diocesan center, where calls for funeral services may be left. Services will be held today in the English Lutheran Church on Geary Street, near Octavia, Unless the architect decides the building to be unsafe, services will be held as usual in St. Mary's Cathedral on Van Ness Avenue. The clergy of St. Dominic's will hold service on the ruins, where masses will be said every half hour from six to eleven o'clock. The first and third Swedish, Covenants, and Chinese Baptist churches are all destroyed. Steel Giants from the top of Russian Hill the eye rests upon several tall buildings that rise amidst the desolation of the business district, strong giants that hurled off the combined attacks of Tembler and Flame, and seem structurally sound, though gutted, seared, and scarred. These are the Fairmount and St. Francis Hotels, and the Kloss Spreckles, Chronicle Annex, Crocker, Wells Fargo, Shreve, Merchants' Exchange, Mills, Coal, Pacific Mutual Life, and Mutual Bank Buildings. Right on top of Russian Hill, a little group of houses has been saved. Their occupants, singed, disheveled, scorched with the long three days' fight, look out upon the sea of devastation surrounding them, and cannot believe what their browless eyes tell them. The houses saved are 1027 Green, Louise Fussler, Clarence Fussler, Mr. and Mrs. Pling, and Mrs. Josephine and Maybell Fessler, all safe. 1023 Green, Mr. and Mrs. Tinroff, Lizzie Alvarado. 1013 Green, the O'Brien home. 1011 Green, G.J. Phillip and Birdsall families. 1009 Green, Kirk Harrison family. On the northern edge of the hill, the residence of O.D. Baldwin, the real estate man, stands although the residence of Mr. Gaw, his son-in-law, is burned to the ground. The Huber house is up, and that of Dr. J. M. Moss. 
at the corner of Taylor and Vallejo, the magnificent places of Livingston Jenks and R. G. Hanford stand unmarred. Up on the crest, the following houses are saved. Three-story flat, 1653 Taylor, with families of E. A. Dakin, Eli Shepard, S. Westfall, 1036 Vallejo, Frank F. Stone and family, 1038 Vallejo, Morgan Shepard and family, 1360 Vallejo, Mr. and Mrs. Richardson, 1040 Vallejo, R. Worcester, 1023 Vallejo, Horatio Leverino, Norman B. Leverino, rest of family away, Broadway and Taylor, Homer Parker, Miss Kate Atkinson, 1015 Vallejo, the Ed Ricks, Jackow, O. Black, Virgil Williams, Holmes families, and Wilson, editor of the Argonaut. To get free tickets. A transportation committee has been established in Franklin Hall, corner of Bush and Fillmore Streets. All persons wishing to leave the city can secure orders from this committee, which will secure them railroad tickets to any point within the state of California. New Food Depots Bread will be distributed three times per day at Eddy and Fillmore Streets. Milk is being given out at Geary and Fillmore Streets. Supplies may be had at Steiner and Washington Streets, Van Ness Avenue and O'Farrell Street, Pacific Avenue and Laguna Street, and Hamilton Square. Medical aid is free. Physician services may be secured at Franklin Hall, Bush, and Fillmore Streets. Dr. Peary is giving his services at Sutter and Webster Streets. Noble women are heroines in distress. Mothers, wives, and sisters show courage when affliction presses. Their fortitude in time of trial makes traditional protectors appear weak. To mingle with the homeless is to encounter endless evidence that woman is strongest when affliction presses most severely. The fortitude displayed by the miscalled weaker sex makes some of their traditional protectors appear in the light of the protected. The military men who have charge of the public squares are outspoken in their admiration of the pluck displayed by the women. Although they are equal sharers with their husbands of the material loss and personal hardships conveyed by the burning of their homes, the wives meet the misfortune with most courage. They are less prone to let the thought of great deprivation overcome their energy. While many men have completely given way to despair, the soldiers say, not a single known instance of a woman succumbing to misfortune has been encountered. If their physical strength were only equal to their moral courage, one infantry officer remarked, the women of San Francisco at this time of trial would make the problem less formidable for those who are trying to relieve the general distress. The terrible strain of the past few days is beginning to tell on the men. The reaction has come as a result of the awful experiences through which the majority of people have passed, and the suspense over missing relatives and friends is causing serious illness and in some cases insanity. At Central Avenue and Oak Street a man became insane and attempted to kill his wife with a cleaver. He had to be taken into custody to prevent him from injuring himself or his family. To Give Employment Oakland, April 21st. The Central Relief Committee has been notified that employment for 10,000 men and women is offered by San Joaquin Valley farmers and orchardists. 
free transportation will be furnished by the Southern Pacific Company and the Santa Fe upon application at the Chamber of Commerce headquarters. Sage, Dealey and Company, 638 Market Street, opposite Palace Hotel, will commence the reconstruction of their building immediately, and will resume their general real estate business at their former location as soon as practicable. The firm will pay particular attention to auctioneering. Announcement will be made soon of their temporary office. Note the family of each member of the firm is safe and well. Block and Wright, chimneys repaired at regular scale of wages, authorized inspectors, offices 55th and Telegraph, telephone Oakland 6621. The office of James and Alex Brown Coal Importers, late of 303 California Street, is now established at 1919 Sutter Street, San Francisco, April 20, 1906. Southern Pacific General Office Employees, report for duty Monday morning. Union Savings Bank Building, General Manager, Purchasing Department, Passenger Traffic Manager, General Passenger Agent, Freight Traffic Manager, Chief Engineer, Superintendent of Transportation, Telegraph Department. Telegraph Avenue and 18th Street, General Freight Office, 1172 Broadway, Legal Department. Let your Eastern friends know you are safe by registering at 425 9th Street, headquarters of the New York Herald, Chicago Record Herald, and Salt Lake Herald. Shannon, the real estate man, can be found at 2310 Jackson Street near Fillmore, still in the real estate business. Shreve and Company will have an office near Post Street and Grant Avenue Monday morning, April 23rd. Employees needing funds should communicate there. Oakland's Corner Store, 11th and Franklin Streets. H. Shellhaas extends his hand to you. Furniture and household goods. Temporary law offices of Olney and Olney, Warren Olney, Warren Olney Jr., J. M. McMahon, Louis Bartlett and William H. Gorell are at 1068 Broadway, Oakland, California. There will be a meeting of the Real Estate Board Sunday at 10 a.m. at 1853 Fillmore Street. All members are requested to attend. J. R. Howell, President. Important. Officers and members of the San Francisco Lodge No. 3, BPO Elks, are notified to attend an important session of the Lodge on Sunday afternoon, today, at 2 o'clock, at the headquarters, 2240 Bush Street, near Fillmore, by order Thomas W. Hickey, Exalted Ruler, Herman Cohn, Secretary. The Keystone Type Foundry, San Francisco House, has procured headquarters in Oakland, and has a new stock of type, leads, slugs, brass rule, galleys, wood goods, and general printing material coming. Address all communications to Keystone Type Foundry, Oakland, California. Inquiries for factory and jobbing sites, retail store, and office space will be received and given prompt attention. Wickham Havens, Real Estate, 1212 Broadway. Editorial. What is doing? When the situation in San Francisco was made known by the wires that carried it to the world, the spirit of brotherly love fell upon men everywhere. As the donations of money flowed in from corporations and millionaires, 
it appeared that though we abuse the rich in our hours of ease they come in very handy in time of trouble the check of the millionaire and the widow's might joined hands and ran on the same errand of humanity there are more than a half million of people to be cared for counting those unsheltered in san francisco san jose and santa rosa for weeks the attention to their needs must continue what is impressive that which differentiates the modern from the ancient calamity is the speed with which help came railroads and telegraphs had started the incoming wave and it closely followed the nearby impulse now let it be understood that there must be no abatement until the proper authority tells the world that the emergency is over to assemble shelter feed and regulate so many thousands is a work of surpassing dimensions governor pardee mayor schmitz and mayor mott of oakland the officers of the army and navy and of the national guard have done their full duty salute them the different benevolent and secret organizations heard the hailing sign of distress and put relief in motion here too let us learn something when the days go by in peace and prosperity we may poke fun at what goes on behind the wicket and going to lodge meeting is a joke but in the shattering of things by calamity the lodge no matter what its grip and password represents organization and that is the prime need we sometimes feel cross at the army and as for the militia well what would we do for a joke without it but the regular army and the militia represent organization and the civil order in the state and when fire and calamity crumble what is over man's head and wipe out the usual path under his feet god bless the troops the emergencies presented in the chicago baltimore and san francisco fires prove the validity of the argument for having large army posts near large cities they prove too the pressing need of a well-disciplined militia these are times in which men must take orders and obey them when the steamer loads of blankets bread and food for fifty thousand people were at the presidio wharf at the command of a young lieutenant of regulars three millionaires and chinese and japanese took to the gangplanks and packed the cargo ashore as if they were trained roustabouts the food passed in a steady stream to the fifty thousand mouths that needed it social distinctions and race aversions were wiped out and rich man and poor chinese and all drank from the same canteen and when the last steamer had been discharged they all marched in line to the commissary and each took his extra bucket of pork and beans and ate it with a relish that is not in terrapin nor chop suey now let the supply be kept up these people must be distributed as soon as possible for sanitary reasons it is at present impossible to concentrate the drainage such thousands require unsmitten towns can do good service by taking in as many as they can care for under sanitary conditions such people as have no plans of their own must be regularly requisitioned for transportation to the places that are ready for them the industries can absorb them again as easily from these country towns as from san francisco or oakland the work of clearing the char off the foundation of the new city will require the labor of thousands for months but they will live in camps and for most of the time under official regulation to our friends at a distance then the call says keep it up till we cry enough 
and to all go at work at the earliest moment hope and industry cannot be burned nor drowned they are immortal because the world lives on them the rebuilding of chicago began in the winter when the temperature was below zero and the bricks were laid in hot mortar here nature smiles on us let us smile back and put our hands to the task of building not rebuilding we have finished revelation and now go back to genesis End of section 8